Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today with the help of one of my fellow Outer Rim admins, we'll be talking about the latest episode of The Bad Batch, and this week it is James. What's up, man? Nothing much. What's going on? Uh, not much. I got my Baby Yoda t-shirt, so I am absolutely yeah. ready to talk about some Star Wars. Um, this week it is episode nine called Bounty Lost. Uh, and as always, if you'd rather listen to this in audio form, um, you can go over to our podcast feed that I, uh, James and I host called Franchise Fatigue Podcast. We're putting up the audio versions of all the Bad Batch reviews on that feed. Again, that's a Franchise Fatigue Podcast. All right, so diving into this one, as I said, it's episode nine called Bounty Lost. It was written by uh, Matt Mishnovitz. Um, he's the original creator of the the OG Bad Batch arc. He's also written a couple episodes of this in this show. He's also the story editor for the entire show. Um, it was uh, directed by uh, Brad Rao and uh, Nathaniel Villanova, v Villanueva. Um, I keep getting him confused with Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, Brad Rao is the um, supervising director for the entire show. So this would be like if uh, Dave Filoni stepped in and co-directed an episode in uh, Clone Wars. Um, couple notes, uh, Rena Owens, uh, the original voice actress for, uh, Tan Wee, uh, returns to, uh, for one line, <laughs> um, and then she's off rather unceremoniously. Uh, apparently she's, I think she's voiced the, um, the character in, like, a couple video games or whatnot, but, uh, that was kind of funny and random. Usually they don't, they don't bother, they usually just go for, uh, one of their stable of voice actors that they have for these shows. Um... So, as far as the synopsis, after uh, kidnapping Omega, Cat, Cad Bane rendezvous with Tanwi on an abandoned cloning facility, but his day is complicated by Omega escaping into the facility and Fennec Shan showing up to take Omega on Nalase's orders to keep her safe from Lama Su. Um, lots of fighting, hiding, and stalking ensues, but ultimately Omega escapes and is reunited with the Bad Batch. All right, James, what do you think? I really like this episode a lot. Uh, man... I'm I'm like continuously impressed by this show's animation mm -hmm. and just their like fog and cloud effects and their lighting and just everything in the last portion of this episode is just it's so gorgeous and and then in addition like other benefits of like just this incredible animation is like I think the hand-to-hand -hand fighting is really cool I think there's a lot of weight to it uh it's just this is a good episode I liked it a lot yeah, the only way you would know this thing has a lower budget than Clone Wars is that there's not a lot of giant battles. Like, as far as animation quality, they haven't dipped at all. Yeah. Um, and just particularly in creating a setting, the setting of the cloning facility is really striking. Just the grime and cracks over everything. The way the, the way the sound design makes it feel old and empty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's all very well done, as you mentioned. The fog offering lots of opportunities for bounty hunters to like loom menacingly yeah. out of the, out of it. It's great. Um, yeah. So the the big thing, well, there's a lot of things in this episode, but the big, the big thing for me is uh, like the um, we're getting more and more factions. This is this is like a drum I've been beating in all these reviews. Is like I, I I'm so glad like there's these various factions rising up, each one with their own interests. So, and I remember when uh, when we had Fennec Shan in um you know, like episode four and then Cad Bane showed up. I was, I was kind of hoping that two different people hired them, but it was kind of unlikely. Now, now that was kind of, that was kind of confirmed that, you know, one's by Lama Su, the other's by Nala Se. Um, and so 
it's just we're getting like more and more groups with their own interests trying to you know c combating over um omega now you know lamasu and the, the rest of the kaminoans are trying to maintain relevance um but by ac actively undermining like active um imperial uh missions like you're know, killing all the stormtroopers to get omega so they can revamp the cloning program then nala say is working against lava sue to try and keep omega safe like there's a lot going on <laughs> like if we could just get like some conflict between uh, admiral rampart and tarkin i think like this show is going to be set just more, I think that's more be fighting yeah i think it's uh, only a matter of time before we start getting that because tarkin never goes too long <laughs> without finding somebody to to, it, to steal ideas from and discredit and where is Rampart in that uh, board meeting on the on the uh, Death Star? Exactly. Either he's dead or manning some radar tower in Alaska. Um, so yeah, th this one is it. Remind it brought me right back to you know season two of the Clone Wars: Rise of the Bounty Hunters. Um, it's just the bounty hunters. They're awesome, aren't they, James? Yeah, that that's that's part of like what felt so good about this episode it was like remember when like we just had episodes of hey here's you you kind of you know about boba but he's a kid and so let's invent like you we've got all the empire strikes back ones but just all of the invented uh bounty hunters for clone wars and stuff they they became like such fun characters with cad bane being the obvious standout not like mm. i i think he's probably one of the the coolest star wars characters like live action animation just at, across the board he's just he's yeah. gonna walk into the room and you've got to be like darth vader to be cooler than him um and i mean so he could give darth vader a fight like i believe it and so like it's already like seeing him in the last episode was super cool but like having him and just him and Toto immediately falling like falling back into their old dynamics and Seth Green is always fun. Why does uh, he keep Toto around? I have no idea, but it's it's fun. Uh, the, the, uh, the, that character could be so annoying, but the, there's just something so pure about him. He just so wants to do a pitiful. good job. He just wants to do a good job. Like he's using his leg as a cane. It's such a pathetic little little image. He tries so hard. Uh, the, the thing that really got me was just just him. He, like he's not hovering, but he's just like sitting in the pilot seat, like like a kid with his legs not dang <laughs> not even really able to dangle off and whenever uh cad bane is calling he just kind of like scoots himself off the chair and plops down <laughs> like a toddler yeah um yes cad bane awesome um and we get fennec shan back uh and i, I like that there's a, a kind of a consistent thread with fennec um is that she'll always go for the manipulation if she can well she'll probably she'll, she'll try to shoot you a lot too but Remember in um in the Gunslinger where she like she tries to talk down uh, Toro Calcan like appealing to his self interest and his own motivations here she'll always go for the conversation with Omega first trying to manipulate her um that was interesting <laughs> and yeah. Omega just sees right through it now also funny funny is Omega is applying those same manipulation tactics on Toto like she she learned pro she probably learns. learned it from Fennec Shand um and kind of. You know, pretending to be the friend um to just stab you in the back uh, yeah. yeah and speaking of omega man i continue to just really really love her character a lot uh there are so many points through this series where they could have like fallen into some annoying trope or something uh 
and they they don't and they continue to develop her and she like one of the risks you run with this with a character like a child character is that well you're inevitably going to have the whole somebody captured them and now we've got to we've got to go rescue her and like we technically did that episode but i'm super emotionally invested in it and mm-hmm. uh the, like the ending is just so sweet like with when she's got like actual tears in her eyes and she's just confused i like this is such a we're nine episodes in and i'm like i'm bought into this family unit like if wrecker who like was kind of annoying to me especially in the initial arc on clone wars like when he's down and like he's hugging her and you know they have all their little moments throughout the episodes i'm like man i love this this is so nice yeah that balance of incredible competence but not overpowering her it's very delicate and they've managed through all kinds of scenarios to walk it as you said you know you know she she's i think like uber resourceful like she's very resourceful she can like she'll figure out how to survive and but she's she's also she's no match for the bounty hunter she's constantly getting captured she's only getting away because they're trying to kill each other um and she may, finds a way to get out because she keeps she, she keeps trying, and then at the end when she's safe, she does break down like all the fears and the emotions of the like she's still feeling all that fear. She's just able to hold it down until the end. Um, and that that balance that you're talking about, like I think that's really important for this character and what's making her so uh, so endearing is is that she's not this constant uh obstacle you know that's getting everybody like getting in the way but she's also not overpowered there's they're they're not really going the whole oh she knew exactly what we needed and she did everything right and then we like we won it's you know she she's having to learn how to shoot the bow in that one episode and she's she's all over the place because she doesn't have arm strength (laughs) and you know she's sneaking around like in the one with the baby rancor but she just she gets caught you think oh she's gonna go she's gonna win the day and she is able to you know pull the the rancor out but it's not this perfect execution and so here you know she's she's kind of able to slip away but again it's never it would never have happened this way where a one-on-one thing and she's having to rely on the fact that you've got these bounty hunters consistently knocking each other out and throwing each other over the sides. And it's just, she's, she's able to realistically operate, I think. Yeah. And it's only happening because they underestimate her because she's a child. Like they, they would treat an adult differently and they would be much more careful, but oh, she's just a kid. Like, so she's able to use that to her advantage. Um, yeah. And, and there's a the, here we learn kind of the secret of what Omega is like that. This is something they've been teasing since episode one. Like there, there's some kind of mystery, and the answer here is that she is essentially a generation one or exact copy, minus being female, of Django Fett. Um, and so th- this brings us back to. The episode Arc Troopers, which I know that was one of the ones that was shuffled around. I think, like, I think it's season three ish. Um, if you did chronologically, um, I have no idea what the like the, the release order was because I was screwed up. Uh, I think it's season three, but like where they're talking about how, no, where's that, where's that episode? That's the that's the episode where um Ventress goes to steal, uh, Jango Fett's DNA. But was that the one where they mentioned how it was starting to degrade, or was that a different one? I think so. I think, I think it's that episode. 
Yeah. Well, either way, like the, in Clone Wars, they mentioned that Jango's DNA was starting to degrade. Um, and so you kind of wonder, like, was, was Ome- I'm assuming Omega was created um, out of, you know, either the fear that the DNA might be stolen or that it's degrading. So we have to kind of reboot the program. Um, and that, that raises some interesting questions. Like, also, I love that Bobo was codenamed Alpha. She's codenamed yeah. Omega, like Alpha and Omega, like the, the first and the last uh, kind of almost biblical <laughs> language going on there. Uh, but like, so they are brother and sister, essentially. I mean, technically they all are, but and Boba has shown that he does not care about, like that doesn't mean anything to him. But, you know, you wonder like a completely unaltered clone aging at the same pace as him or, or is she aging? Okay, that was a question I was going to ask. Have have I just missed that and that's been said? Or or is she aging as Boba has? And so she's just kind of been around as long as he has. I just said that, but I didn't think about that. Like, maybe she... Maybe when they created... She she seems a bit younger than Boba. Yeah, she's definitely younger than Boba. Um, But, yeah, so is she 10, 12 years old? I'm assuming so. Like, if she's truly a Generation 1 an Ultra clone, like, the rules they established would have been that she's aging naturally. Which would explain why uh, Nala Se is, is, you know, emotionally attached to her if yeah. she's been around for 12 years. Um, and that's, that's one of the threads that I'm most interested in, is to really start to, to humanize, <laughs> keminoanize... Uh, <laughs> Nala say just like really flesh her out and maybe like for everybody else there's all of these varying political reasons like desire for relevance after like being the most important um faction ever for the entirety of a war to mm-hmm. being soon to be this obscure facility that it's no longer needed so there's all these political things going on but it, w- it will be interesting to see if for Nala say it is just I raised this this thing like we knew the explicit purpose we were doing this for but i was the one who had to be there basically be a mother to her almost mm-hmm. and so having that having that emotional involvement within all of all of the threads being tangled could also, be really interesting a little heartbreaking touch i noticed that the, the first instinct omega has when she sees tanway shot is to run over and help her the person who was there to bring her back to kill her like yeah. like she she clearly views maybe not a family at least like co-workers and friends like she has an attachment to the Kaminoans that they clearly do not have for her like that could be a really heartbreaking scene later on and it's it's so crazy like what this what the show like oh it was really begun in the Clone Wars you know we 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 don't really know hardly anything about the Kaminoans and then as these shows go on you're like dang these people are shady like (laughs) I thought they were just like, oh, you know, we got hired to do this, so we did it. And now to see like that this they're just another political entity that's like just willing to do the most morally uh horrific acts behind the scenes. It's like what well, didn't you, know that about you. You know what would be a cool ending for the series is them teaming up with Rex and maybe some other clones. And going back to burn Camino to the ground, you know, to stop. Like, oh, they're they're starting another clone program. We we have to like th- give it a like rebellion motivation of we mm-hmm. you know we have to stop this new program. But also, 
like it, it, it's all coming back to roost on these people for playing God. Like all their creation, very Frankenstein, like their creations are coming back to destroy them. Like that, I think that would be really cool and thematically interesting. Also emotional for these characters, because in that episode, our arc troopers, they talk about like, this is our home. Like <laughs> the Confederacy is coming to our home and we're going to kick their butts for it. And so like that, turning that around and, like the the that feels so feels really cool to me. Yeah, and I mean you know Camino has create has just got such a presence now in in all of Star Wars. Like it's it is so um, developed and cemented, you know, that I feel like if you're looking for a big climactic moment for your series, like a destruction of a place like Camino would carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I imagine a scene where like uh, Lama Su call, calling um, Tarkin, like, we need help, we're under attack. He's like, oh, you're no longer relevant to the Empire. See you later. Um, yeah, so that's the thing about this episode is on the surface, and that's like what this entire show is like on the surface. Oh, it's just like, you know, it's a pretty fun action episode, a lot of suspense. You know, it's very small, just three characters. We barely even see the Bad Batch, but there's so much food for thought and uh, stuff happening under the surface. That's what's happening with the entire show. I love it. I love that. That's what I remember on the last, I forget the specific episode. Um, I think it was episode three that I was on last of the show. And what I was finding so much fun about it was like the fact that like it, it has that immediate kind of like, Oh, that was fun. But then you look on like, whether it's our group or, or anywhere, it's just, there's so much speculation going on and I keep seeing more and more people like, like whenever the episode drops, you see more people like, Oh, I'm, I'm more hyped for this than X, Y, or Z. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. ready to, to be given that extra little crumb to try to piece things together. Yeah. And there's a, I totally blanked on what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's, there's these little connections to the sequels that are pretty cool. Um, like the, uh, the, the, I don't know what they're called, the, the vats, the cloning vats they have, uh, with that really sickly green glow. Yeah. That's really cool. And there's a really lovely quiet moment where Omega kind of goes up and puts her hand against it, is just looking at it, like kind of, I guess, you know, reckoning with her nature as this artificial yeah. clone. And at the end we see where she's talking to, um, to, to Hunter. She's like, I don't want to end up as an experiment in a tube. That, that, that fear of, you know, as a clone, you know, not having, like, do you have human rights when you're, when you're this, you're, you're created by, you know, by mad scientists like that, like, and just, and, and people who will, you know, create you and cast you off, or you might just end up with this forgotten thing in, in, in a, in a vat somewhere that no one care like, no one cares. Like, it's a kind of really interesting existential question and kind of terrifying yeah, and you know, you think about like the the bad batch. You know, they've they've fought for years at this point, and they like like most clones. You know, they they've kind of come to terms with it. Like they're they're very aware of their nature. Uh, and you you have the episodes here and there throughout the Clone Wars, some of the best ones of like the clones reckoning with that and not being okay with it, like the deserter. Um, but for the clones who stuck it, you know, stuck around, they to a large extent, they've become, they're at peace with their nature and what they were designed for. Um, but it seems, you know, 
she seems to have been raised you know by lana say and i you don't know how much that's how i mean clearly she's not aware of of the purpose of her creation and what's going on so she's just she's mentally developed as a child and so for a child to be confronted with this like these vats of castaway things and to now have to you know it, it's fortunate that she's surrounded by people like the batch who are who are going to be able to you know I'm, I'm sure for the rest of the season be able to help her work through what she is mm-hmm. it, it was interesting that they resolved the you know the the conflict of omega being captured so fast because i was you know happening at the you know the mid-season finale you kind of, I kind of assume that this was going to be the conflict going forward for the rest of the show, but nope, she's back. It's like I, I don't know what the show's going to be after this. You know, I have ideas and hopes, but it, it's totally up in the air. Um, and one last thing, uh, I think episodes like this are really uh, illustrating why this show is different. Is like fundamentally different than Manda. Like, there's been a lot of comparisons. Oh, you know these an out you know, outcast taking in a child and being hunted across the galaxy by the empire like, there are there are those parallels but one big difference is like you'll at least in the first two seasons you can't imagine an episode that's just baby yoda like baby yoda he's the best he's adorable he's wonderful he's on my shirt but like he, he's a he's mainly a MacGuffin and something you can cut to for adorable reaction shots like you you can't and so with with this show you have Omega she can you know be separate from the Bad Batch and then only have like three very short scenes, and it's it it works like she's completely uh, you know her own, um you know her own character and and can carry the show if need be for short amounts of time um like there's there's definitely a very, you know very different dynamics going on that I think at least for me sep like. Uh, the, the the comparisons to the Bad Batch are like the comparisons between A New Hope and The Force Awakens. Like, yes, you can name plot, you know, plot and you know, certain construction elements that, that are similar, but all the things I actually love about them are different. Like, I don't care about the plot. Like, it's the story, the characters, the you know, the themes. There's very little crossover in that regard. Yeah. Um. Right, anything else you want to mention before you head out? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. Um, so that was uh, the that was uh, episode nine, uh, bounty loss <laughs> of the Bad Batch. Um, so uh, again, if you want if you want to listen to the uh, the audio versions, head, head over to our podcast, Franchise Fatigue Podcast. Um, if you want to talk with us more about Star Wars, you can join us in the Outer Rim, a Star Wars group on Facebook. It's dedicated to positive and constructive Star Wars discussion. Um, you can find um, and uh, obviously um subscribe to the channel like the video all that stuff uh yeah that's all and uh, we will see you uh, next week with episode 10 see you later